Wake up, wake up, wake up. This is your Cup of Joe podcast, and I'm your host, Joe. Uh, you know what we do. We uh, talk to, I say I say we speak to extraordinary people, because they would seem ordinary, because you don't see them on the platform, so to speak. Uh, uh, they don't, but they have clout. <laughs> I always surround myself with heavy hitters, uh, people that, that, that are, are experts in their field. And today is no different. Uh, today we're talking education. You know, our season finale always uh, centers around education because a school opens up and I'm a teacher and uh, we want to uh, discuss some things surrounding education today, which I'll tell you after I introduce our heavy uh, hitters, uh, today with us, I, I will start with ladies first, and I got to start with this 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 special lady <laughs> of mine. This is yes, my wife. This is Miss Shawanda Moore. Yeah, we gonna clap right there. And uh, Miss Shawanda Moore is going to uh, tell you about all of her. Uh, you know give her, read her bio, you know, tell her about some of the, the second best things that happened in her life. You know, the first is me and me, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, Shawanda, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So I just completed year number 23 teaching college students. I, I taught my first collegiate class in May of 2000 at Meridian Community College. Um, August 14th will actually be my last day as a full-time teacher in the collegiate classroom. August 15th, I'll actually be the associate dean um, at our local community college where I still work. Um, I am a math and statistics instructor. So that's where my passions are, math. And I teach everything from developmental math all the way up through calculus. Awesome. Awesome. Miss Shawanda Moore, congratulations on uh your promotion there uh you know you know me i think it's well deserved i don't you know i don't know what you all think but <laughs> i think it's very well deserved uh she is a heavy heavy hitter in her field miss shawanda moore and with me we have you all probably remember so he's a man of many hats y'all know uh, bass player extraordinaire drum i don't know musician you remember from sound check last year at because you all are still listening to that. Thank you all. Uh, still listening to that. Look, that that it wasn't. I don't. When I say long, I don't mean long and laborious, but long, awesome conversations. I just put it on from time to time and listen. Uh, but he has uh, uh, knowledge in the field of education, and that is Mr. Joshua Sawyer. Now you talked about. You gave us your pedigree as it relates to uh, music. Just talk about tell us tell the people a little about a little bit about yourself as it relates to education, Mr. Joshua Sawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go Thank ahead. you, sir. Thank you for inviting me once again. And um, uh, before I before I do that, Shawanda, do they let people start teaching when they're ten years old? Is that what it is? <laughs> That is correct. That is correct, sir. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just, okay. I'm just checking, just checking to make sure. Um, but again, I'm, my name is Joshua Sawyer. I currently serve as a, a district instructional coach here in North Carolina. Um, I, my background is also in math, uh, mathematics. My uh, undergraduate degree was in uh, biostatistics with a jazz studies minor. So kind of uh, unrelated in, in, in that sense. Um, I have since uh, you know earned my national board certification as well as a master's and a and an EDS 
uh, you know, both in the fields of education. And, um, you know, I just uh, continue to look forward to, you know, serving students, teachers and, you know, and uh, all stakeholders as it as it um, as it deals with, you know, public education. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, yeah, again, look, heavy hitters. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to get right to it, Mr. Joshua Sawyer. Mission one to more. I'm going. So our topic today is called bounce back ability. This came from so uh, from an experience I had. So uh, I, I, I teach a little bit of business uh, with, you know, dealing with computers as well. Uh, but I also uh, uh, am an assisted PE coach, if you will. So we, we deal with P uh, we deal with physical education. And I, I noticed something with 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 some of our children is uh, when they get behind, you know, make a long story short, I'm not going to uh, hold it out. Um, they get behind in, a, in, a, in an activity. They're playing basketball against each other and the other team uh, tries, tries and they get behind and it goes beyond a certain point, which is a point that they could actually keep up to try to win. They stop trying. They'll throw the ball up. They'll start playing and, and all of that. And I ask them why, you know, like, we're not going to win anyway. And I noticed that with a lot of the classes that I teach, um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the different, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, all that high school is they just, they just don't, uh, uh, they don't try anymore when they get behind. And I also noticed that in the classroom. So, you know, if they are uh, having a hard time and instead of sitting there to try to get uh, that 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 problem done, to uh, try to uh, find out why they're behind, they will just give up, start doodling, start doing something else. And. I noticed, you know, I, I got the idea when I went to a, uh, a, a conference when they talked about the resiliency in children and that resiliency in children and young adults are, are, are at an all time low because they just once they get behind, they're like, I give up. And and it, I said, let me let me pull some people in to talk about. Uh, is this a phenomenon? Is this just something I see, or is this a phenomenon that that go? And I'm and it, I'm sure it's a phenomenon that phenomena that that is uh, widespread because I was in Texas and they were talking about uh, children just they just give up once they tried and it doesn't work. So uh, the topic is bounce back ability. Uh, you know, are we? What do we do? We when we see. Uh, uh, kids giving up? Is it something we've done? Is it, you know, is it COVID related? These, you know, I don't want to put any ideas. Y'all, I ain't putting ideas. Y'all know. So I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start with uh, Ms. Shawanda Moore. So you're, you deal with uh, young adults mostly. And mm -hmm. is, so twofold question, is this something you see and why do you, in your professional opinion, opinion people, opinion, your professional opinion um why is it so i'm gonna start with you um we do see that a lot so we have students that come in at different abilities and and josh you know this we have developmental math and we have 
what we consider college level math. And then we have the advanced math when you get to your calculus sequence, stuff like that. Um, and you find that a student, let's say, fails the first test, right? They fail the first test and then they disappear and you don't see them the remainder of the semester. And you're trying to figure out what happened. And the students, when you try to get in touch with them, you try to talk to them because when I say they disappear, they go ghost and you don't see them. And so you have a conversation like, hey, what happened? I've never been good at math. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do whatever. And so they have this tendency that if they fail at something or they don't get the A they've always gotten, they're like, yeah, I'm done. I'll do it. You know, I'll do it later or I'll have somebody come fight or I'll go ask for all the extra credit known to mankind to try to fix something that I can fix myself. I don't think in certain instances, there are other instances. But in certain instances, they don't seem to have the tools available to pick themselves up, right? So, for example, um, like when I, in first semester in college, I failed a test, right? Like I had never seen that weird letter ever in my life before. That, that thing with that F with the lines in it, I had never seen one of those weird things before. And I flunked a test, man, like straight up flunked a test because I didn't study for it and do anything like that because I've never had had never had to do that before. But I was also raised by people that taught me that I had to work for everything. So then it was the conversation like, can you do better? Well, yes, ma'am, I can do better. And then you go do better. But now our conversations are, oh, it's all right. I'm sure it was too hard, right? Oh, I'm sure it was hard, right? We don't I don't know if students have been given the tools to be able to take what they messed up, find the good in the mess up, and then build on the good part of the mess up. You, you're never going to get a math problem right all the time, 100%. You find where you got the partial right, start from that point, and then correct your mistakes. But students are so often used to somebody bailing them out or going to something on the computer and just getting the answer really quickly because you can go to the computer now. you know. And, or your uh, computer, your app, right? Just take a picture of it and you have the answer, but then they don't have the tools to be successful. And so I think it's, it's, it's something that's built on top of something that's on top of something that we start them early on, not letting them fall, right? Mm-hmm. We don't let them fall at all. We buffer them so much that they don't fall that they don't know how to come back from anything. And so you see that now, and we and that happened a lot during COVID. They were just at the house chilling. And what happens? Parents were at the house, kids were at the house. Parents couldn't teach the kids math. They couldn't teach them English. They couldn't teach them social studies. A lot of schools sent packets home and mama and daddy trying to figure out how to work through the packets and they just gave up. And that's where they stopped trying. And it's like, well, I didn't learn it then. I'm not gonna learn it now. Like, but I need you to get back on that horse and try this thing again. And so I know our mental health took some decline, right? Our ability to go Google an answer became really popular. Um, with chat GPT and AI software, our ability to go get the, the, the internet to go get the answer for you, not realizing we're asking technology to replace our thinking skills. So we've taken away the ability of the students to think through their mess, to think through their failure so they can get to the end. And you know that, right? your background in school, right? You failed, had to go back and start over. And so it's one of those things where they failed and they just give up because mom or dad or auntie or grandpa or 
girlfriend, boyfriend will cover it for you. And Josh, please jump in because you, you I was just was about to go there. So I'll, I'll thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss <laughs> Miss Wanda. So 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 I want I, I got another question. But I'm gonna piggyback off big uh, that uh, that question uh, with you, Mister Josh. What she said something about we don't give them the tools necessary now. Uh, so so your background is primarily is it K through twelve or is it uh, six through twelve? So you deal with uh, be, you know before they get to college, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Um, the majority of my career was spent in um, you know in high school. However, you know in the last four years, I've been working with um 612 and k12 mathematics uh respectively um and i have a lot of thoughts that's 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 going around in my mind right now so i hope at the end of all of this it kind of makes sense um but as uh, as shawana was talking I, I thought about um i had the opportunity to present um at the amt uh the american math teachers education uh, Math teacher educators, excuse me, uh, association meeting uh, back in February, and there was a there was a comment that I, that I made that had been resonating on, and uh, even in math, what if, uh, what if we stop ma making it just about getting the answers? What if math wasn't just about getting the answers? And mm -hmm. you know, I heard Shawana talking about you know you have your apps, you have your photo math and your math way and your chat GPT and things like that for the purpose of getting the answer because students have understood it and uh, students have decided, teachers and educators have decided that it's important for students to be able to get the answer. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's not important, but what if that's not the end game? Um, going back, on behalf of the students, sometimes I wonder that if they're using PhotoMath, they're using MathWay and ChatGPT, they're simply being resourceful and finding means to an end because we have decided as educators that the end game is that they get the answer. What if instead it was more about the process? What if instead it was more about, hey, are we able to make these similarities and differences? Are, are we able to, um, you know, talk about how these these concepts and ideas are relevant in my life? How does this uh, thing that we studied last week compare to this thing that we're doing now? And how is that compared to, you know, what we're going to do next week, next month, next year? Um, do we provide opportunities as educators for students to really engage in what I, what I call uh, real math, you understand? Real math is not just multiplying, dividing, using quadratic formula. Um, and I'll be honest, other than me, you know, uh, teaching and, you know, maybe, you know, working some math puzzles or something like that, just for my own, you know, um, for me to have some fun with that or what have you, I don't really use quadratic formula like that. So are we really empowering students with tools? Are we really providing experiences and opportunities for students so that they may engage? Um, and another other reason why I brought that up is we talk about resilience. And this is, this is a one that I have. Is it that students are not resilient or that students really understand uh, what's important for them so they conserve their energy for the things that's important to them. I go back to the example about your PE class. If I'm behind uh, by 15 points and there's only two minutes left in the game, <laughs> in the big scheme of things, is me winning this game really going to make a difference in my life? And I could go a lot of different places with that. You know, if there's 
you know, economic things and uh, socioeconomic things going on, if there's, you know, mental things going on, if there's emotional things going on, then at this time, this 15-point deficit really doesn't mean anything to me. So I may just do what I need to do just to get through this, and then we'll fight another day. If it's that test, and then I've already decided in my mind that that test or that course really is not going to make a hell of things difference in my life, then do I really give it that? And so uh, in, in, in combating that uh, seeming lack of resilience, is it really, do we, uh, are we actually providing opportunities and are we actually providing structures and are we actually providing relevance and providing meaning to what it is that we're doing? So um, I'm talking to myself when I say this, but I, I maybe would challenge us as educators. Hey, are we providing relevant experiences? Are we giving them something, uh, a reason for this to be important, even if it's just um, that relationship that we develop with our students to say, hey, listen, I believe in you. Even if it's just having that encouragement, uh, as Shawana said, she had that family that said, I know you can do better. I know you can do this. Can we can we be there for our students? Again, I said I had a lot, so let me let me let me let me um, I'm I'm be quiet for right now. <laughs> you see, so can I hop in there? Hop in there, hop in there. Yes, okay. I think with that part on the like collegiate side is different because if you're majoring in something, the class is all tied to whatever you're going to do. So Josh and I have to look. We look at two different perspectives. By the time they get to me, some part of them should, okay, why am I taking this? I'm trying to be an engineer. I need the two ends of the bridges to meet. So let me go ahead and get this formula right. When I'm K-12, I don't think we've ever taken the time to explain to them why I'm teaching you certain stuff. So why do I care about exponents if I'm in a, a math class? Well, you know that car note that you're trying to get is a compound or a continuous interest problem and you know what's in there there are exponentials and exponents Preacher. and things of that nature Preacher. right and so we don't ever give them why that's important now why do i have to be able to write this paper man i need you to be able to write standard american english because when you enter into the workplace you might have to write a report and i can't use text speak why do i have to be on time for class well you have to be on time for class because i'm teaching you soft skills because i need you to be on time for work right we don't tie that stuff together. But the problem is there, and I understand the socioeconomic stuff, stuff going on at home, being somebody where my mom was 14, my grandma was 32 when I was born. I get it. Socioeconomic, all of that. I do as well. But we've got to impress upon them K-12 and collegiately, because by the time they get to us, they don't have a care about anything. Well, I'm, in, I'm just in college, so I, because I, I need something to do. Well, I'm going to go to school and I'm being an engineer, but I can't stay in math, right? And we don't give them the tools to say, what do you really enjoy? I enjoy drawing. So why don't you just do graphic design? That's a nice two-year program that works, and you'll probably make more than me as a teacher, right? I'm good with my hands, and I sort of like numbers, but I'm really good with my hands, and I like cars. Okay, let's be an auto mechanic or a diesel mechanic. And that way I can tie that math to something real life. So I, on the collegiate end, we can give you the relevance whatever it is but if i've lost you before you ever get there that's the problem there's a disconnect before you ever get there and so i guess my and this is y'all are both educators so i'm i guess i'm asking the question how do i make 
what I do important to somebody who is hungry when they get to the school, right? So they're hungry when they get to y'all, right? By the time they get to me, life has hardened them to the point where nothing I say matters. So they're not resilient because, you know, that basketball game wasn't that important. I was down by 15, so I just let it go. But, hey, I'm not telling you you win every game. It's the way you play the game that makes life complete. So I'm always going to try my hardest because, why? okay, I didn't get my project in on time, but I tried. I didn't get 100, but I got a B, right? We don't ever tell them that there's some part in, okay, I won't lose by 20, but I might lose by three, and then the next game I'm motivated to do better. Or you could be Reggie Miller and get eight points and nine sets. Let's just be honest. You could be the New England Patriots and be down 28 nothing at halftime and instead of giving up in the locker room, go up 31-28, right, and win the game. You but could see, be the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Yeah. But down see, that was part of that. So the team that won, they were down 10-2. to And they came back and blasted the team by 10. They were up by 10 points because – they and I kind of revert. I reverse on like you know, you know y'all lost to a team that y'all would beat. I said so. You probably could have, you know, uh, you know, it was two minutes class <laughs> though. But I, but I was trying to teach a lesson. You said something. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh yes. So this is a question, and I guess it would be well it be for both of y'all, but but more so for Josh because it's K K. We're K. K through 12. Um, so this is just my, this is a question. Are we, uh, do we need to change how we teach? I'll give you an example. When I, I learned, so my background was more so in adult learning and in adult learning, uh, you know, y'all know, y'all know I have a, a, a country twang. So if I mess the words up, you already know from Mississippi, y'all. Uh, we 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 were taught andragogy versus pedagogy, and pedagogy was more for young because andragogy is hey I'm an adult I'm motivated and here's my motivation I want to make some money I want a job and I'm finding that more especially. When you get to that middle school on up that come from those backgrounds where it's more of an economic type deal because I'm hungry, I'm this, and those exponents ain't computing at that that, that ain't gonna fix me, <laughs> you know, on down the line making money. How can I learn something that's gonna make me money on down the line? Because I talk career preparedness a lot. And so I had to, I had to switch hats and I got, I got my hand slapped a lot because, you know, when they did observation, I taught it like it was adult learning because those kids in there, the ninth, 10th, 11, 12, they wanted to know how to make money. They, they wanted to, they did not. So it was either give me, show me how to do tests, show me how to make an A on the test. What, what I need to learn to, to pass the test. You know, don't don't give me all this stuff. Or uh, is this gonna help me? Uh, Cause I want to make you know, I want to make six figures and stuff like that. So, like in my, especially my 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 uh, 
AP class, when they came in, it's like, listen, I know you have this fancy. One guy said, I know you have this fancy lesson plan and everything, but is this going to be on the AP exam? I said, listen, I don't know what's going to be on the AP exam, but do you know roundabout? Can you teach that? <laughs> so are we, do we need to switch it up where we, where we cut through some of the things, some of the pedagogy and get straight to the meat, Josh, or, you know, or is a way to, to do both? So it's a description that says you got to be all things to all men. And so it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I, what I cannot do is say there's one prescribed formula that works for anything. Um, just some, some general uh, things that resonated with me as you asked the question, though, is um, just going back to those things that we know work. Um, those things that that we that we heard time and time again. I, I think back on it. Um, uh, my superintendent had us, you know, at our, at our leadership retreat this week to rewatch uh, the video by Rita Pearson, uh, which talks about how every kid needs a champion. You know, are we do we really start with that relationship? Do we really start with be, meeting those basic needs uh, of students before we really try to get in there? Do they really sense? that we care about them. And, uh, you know, one thing she said is that if we don't like them, we don't let them know it. You understand? And so I, I know that, I know that's small, but, uh, you know, one of the things she even said in that video, she said, you know, kids are not going to learn from people, from teachers who they don't like. Yeah. Now, um, at, at, at the same time, we're not saying that we, you know, kind of sacrifice who we are to try to be their best friends and things like that. However, I, I think there is value in in making ourselves approachable and and really, you know, coming across with a demeanor where we're, um, I've often said, real recognize real. You understand? So kids, so so students, excuse me, at, at all levels, they they know. Okay, if there's someone who has genuine concern, you know, um, with that, do you always catch them all? No, sometimes, uh, you know, even even with the best that we do and, and and the best efforts that we give to you know try to create relationship and to you know, um, you know, show that care and concern, it doesn't always come across. It's not always well received. However, we you know we continue to do what we do. Um, going back to ask, asking your question, you know, do we have to change the way that we teach? Um, I think about in the math arena, and this is another conversation that we have. A lot of times we teach how we were taught. Um, and so we just have to be uh, conscious. Um, you know, and when I say that, the other piece that I always say about that is if you think about, uh, I'm going to call it the difference between a one-hit wonder and someone who has had cultural relevance for a number of years. And what am I saying? Um, if if I think about, you know, what I did 21 years ago when I first started teaching, if that is still my model, um, except for a few cases, I'm going back, I'm gonna compare this to music. You know, you think about music from 20, even from 20 years ago, it sounds markedly different now than what it did back then. If you think about the medical field, even the approaches that they use for simple procedures, uh, in many cases, they're a lot different now, 21 years later than they were, you know, uh, than they are now, uh, were then and, and that they are now, excuse me. Um, so if I'm teaching the same way that I was 21 years ago, then I may not be able to reach students the same way 
today using those same methods. Now, what am I saying? When I talk about relevance, if you think about, you know, like a Jay-Z or like, a, I'll say even like a LeBron, you know, you'll see that as they mature, they, I'll, I'll use the word evolve, and they're still able to remain relevant even today. So I guess what what, I, what I'm really getting at is, you know, are we as educators um, willing to stay relevant? Are we willing to study the craft you understand? Are we really? Are we, you know, I'm thinking back on the sound child. Are, are we willing to study the games, study the quote music, not the music game this time, but the education game, and making sure we're still relevant on what's going on, so that we can still, um, you know, make make that impact? Are we still studying? You know, our ability to make those direct connections with students. You understand? Or do we somehow get to that place where, hey, um, wow, I this used to work, it's not working anymore, and um, you know, I, I've seen that happen with great, great teachers, and I've seen some of those say it seems not to work anymore. And some of those teachers, they decide that you know what, well, maybe it's not time for maybe it's time for me to bow out. And in some cases, you know what, that that was that was a wise decision because hey, if you're not being effective anymore, okay. But if some teachers say, okay, I'm not being relevant anymore, let me go back, continue to develop my own craft, John Maxwell. Let me continue to build my capacity, you know, uh, raise my lid. You understand, so that I can, you know, uh, you know, have more of an opportunity to to uh, work with those kids who I've been, you know, charged to charge to change their lives. So um, I hope I, I hope I got to that. I don't know. Sometimes I, I go that, off. And listen, that that was that was that was perfect, man. And so as I as I as I've been saying now, there's so many bars that were dropped, I couldn't even type them out. Y'all y'all dropping a lot of bars. Uh, tonight, so I'm I'm sticking with you, Josh. To ask ask a question, I got a couple of more. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all go. I know it's, we're getting ready for school and all that good stuff, and I'm gonna give y'all weekends and y'all time to yourself. So, um, so how do we? My concern is you said music, and you you walk right into this question. <laughs> but my concern is is that if you ask any music professional. Music today is not as it doesn't have the same kind of feel as 20 years ago, 10 years, 15. It seems like uh, the, the bar has been lowered a little bit. And Lord help me, you have AI. And some people are just saying, I want to do a song about love on the beach. And they'll write it for you. Uh, they'll 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 do the hook. They'll tell you what sounds good for radio. And so no one's uh, my concern is, is that is that if if we uh, that. If we become, you know, how what they need for this air, do we how do we do that without. So let me say it like this. How do we remain relevant uh, without lowering lowering the bar for a generation how do we take that same work ethic from 20 to 30 years ago that same i want to uh that i want to even go to learn some a little something in college even if it's just two years to keep the bar to a certain level how do we take where they are and build upon that without lowering 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 the bar for future generations? First of all, that's a great question. Second of all, the short answer is I don't know. 
Um, but I but I wonder. Um, again, you know, the way that we educate is reflective upon uh, the needs of the time. Okay. And, you know, 30, 30 years ago, you know, we were in a place where uh, even I'm, I'm going to go back to even 100, 120 years ago. Again, we talk about how, you know, our current education model was a result of the Industrial Re Revolution. And, you know, but things still look the same as they did, you know, when we were preparing students for factory work and, you know, um, you know, to be assemblyman and to simply follow directions, follow instructions. And there was a sense of just because of the readiness of information. This is something I, I reflected on a while ago. I didn't know, you know, come back to my remembrance, <laughs> you know, at, at this point. But, um, you, you know, the way that we talk and we were taught several years ago, um, it was a lot more instructor-led because the instructor held that knowledge. And I say the instructor held that knowledge because, you know, we didn't have Google and, you know, we didn't have all these digital means to, to get that instant uh, access to information. And so um, not that we're necessarily changing the bar, but um, my wonder is, okay, what's going to be important for the next generations and really and really understanding it and really um tapping into okay you know for the next you know uh somebody said uh uh wrote something and said okay a child that's born this year will more than likely be alive in the 22nd century we're seeing how fast th things are changing in the last 10 years five years even three years Yes. You understand. So really first, you know, kind of tapping into, you know, what's going to be important for students to know. So, again, uh, going back to that basketball game and going back to, OK, well, what's important? So even as educators really figuring out, OK, what's it going to be? Yes, there's certain things like just, the, uh, uh, you know, honesty and fairness and integrity, you know, that that never go out of style. But when it comes to I even think when it comes to what we call work ethic, you know, are we really. Um, you know, empowering students to take full advantage of this changing world, or are we, you know, and other thing that scares me is that the world, even in the last six months to a year, is changing in ways so swiftly. You know, are we really able to keep up with what's going on, or you know, and, and it, it, I don't know. Y'all, y'all jump in because I'm, 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 I don't know. <laughs> so, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Phil, my question is. <laughs> Okay, it's an ever-changing world, and there are some certain things that are just classic, right? There, and we talked about there are just some classic things that, regardless of the times, that those things don't change. And so we talk about when it comes to music, there's just some classic music that transcends generation that even somebody that's 15 will go and go listen to because it's just that good. Absolutely. I guess my my issue is is that I get the idea of work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. I get the idea of using all of the tools that are at your ready to do things. Because, yeah, I would prefer to go run a regression with software than do it by hand. Right. Now, I do still need to know the basics of regression because then I wouldn't know if the software gave me the wrong answer. Right. And so I think we need to be able to find the balance of applying what's new to what's necessary, right? Mm -hmm. 
we've gotten to the point where I think we've gotten, and I think we incorporate that. I think if teachers don't adjust with that, and again, professional developments and trying to do better, if you're not always improving as a teacher, you should probably stop teaching because then you've reached your plateau and you're not going to get better. I mean, let's just, let's be real. If you're not always learning something new, then you're, you're never going to be a good, you're not going to maintain being a good teacher. You are a good teacher once, you're not going to be a good teacher consistently if you're not learning stuff. But I think we utilize the new stuff. And you can do that. There's some new music that I like. Not all of it. There's some new music that I like, right? Um, but take the elements of the old stuff and blend the two. I think we often in education discard both in certain instances. Oh, we got to do it all. We're going to just go new and we're going to use chat GPT AI for all of it. Like, what? Come on back, right? And then, no, we're not going to do any software. You're going to do a paper pencil and you're going to write these essays in cursive, which most kids can't even write in cursive at this point, right? At least they don't teach cursive writing to a lot of kids anymore, right? I didn't, I didn't think that. I don't know. It just feels like we have to be able to find the balance as educators before we can teach balance to the kids, right? And I think there's a disconnect between what's important to students. Um, in most other countries, westernized countries, when students are in school, they pick a, a path, right? They can go a vocational path, they can go a university path, or they can pick a path where they go straight to the workforce. In this country, you go 12 years of education, you can maybe go to career technical, but everybody's going 12 years, and there's no real venture off, and we hold all the kids to the same standard. Cool. But that's messed up for a kid that wants to be an engineer as opposed to a kid that wants to be a cosmetologist, right? So the math that my cosmetology student needs to be centered on is how to do her books for her business, how to pay her taxes for her business, right? And so if there's an algebra class that does that, then why not have that course available or have books or notes or have examples that tie in the cosmetology student because we don't ever if josh you know you open up a math book and it's the most convoluted problem on the page and not one of those real world examples is actually real world is from physics and chemistry and whatever and i like that stuff but my son doesn't you know like nada right but if i put in there and say man the, the that the notes that he plays on the bass guitar mirror that of a sine curve and then let's see if we can follow the pattern. What happens when I move my finger a little bit, the curve shifts, and then we can start talking about sine curves in a different context. Mm. I didn't change the theory. I still need you to learn it. I just need you to learn it in another context. So I think we gotta get to the point where it's like, I still need to give you the basics so I'm not throwing you away, teachers. You are correct. There's some knowledge that they need. However, can you tie it into whatever they're doing at that moment? Um, I also think that we do need to treat them like little mini adults when they get to a certain age. Cause we just throw them out the house at 18 and assume that they know how to be adults. Why can't we start to apply andragogy at 15, 16, 17, mm. right? Right, yeah, I, I feel so. You know, hey, why is this English class important? Let's go look at this and let's go see what they put on the news today. What's wrong with this? 
which sources are they using to get their information? That is what I want to get to. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think there is usefulness in the classic stuff. So we can't throw away, oh, we can't use any of the old stuff. Yes, we do, because I need you to know the difference between the fact that that particular bar chart should, you know, that pie chart should come to 100%. That thing is at 127. That's, those are lies, lies, right? Um, we need to have those tools to understand what's going on in the world. And so other countries, if you watch other countries do this, if you go to some of the Scandinavian countries, the way they teach in an open area, as opposed to our militaristic industrial age, let's sit in 30 desks and stare at the teacher kind of mentality, I think they get it right. But in the meantime, what can we do to tie that in? What can I do to tie English in? Why am I taking Spanish? Oh man, 28% of the country speaks Spanish. It might be helpful to learn some Spanish. You know, let's just let's just be honest. Why do I have to sit in this biology class? So I understand, do I need to take this medicine or do I not? Do I have to take the shot or do I not, right? These are things that you learn. Why do I need to take this chemistry class? Because I know if I drink this, if I go to a party and smoke this at the same time, I'm going to die, right? <laughs> I can't mix these drugs and be okay. Sometimes you just got to use some, if you've got to meet them at their level, but they need the basics. And I get tying it in. I don't want to lose the rigor because then they get to us and it's like, oh my God. But if we can tie the rigor to real life, I'm good. I'm I'm okay with that. I teach certain stuff using money because they understand. I don't understand why that's negative. You had $10, you spent 20, you're at negative 10. <laughs> you just got to do that. And so I love the idea of constantly evolving, but I don't want to lose the foundation, just like in church, right? I don't want to lose that foundation as we constantly evolve, but we lose where we're supposed to be. So I get it. Let's evolve. Let's do better, but keep your foundation. And I, I know I talked too much on yeah, that. You're but. good. You're good. That was so jump back in real, real quick. One that, you know, when you were saying that, talking about the new versus the old, one thing that I wrote down is really getting to what is the goal um, you know, and, and part of my day job, I guess, you know, I help, you know, deal with, we, we talk about, you know, curricular decisions or instructional decisions. And it, at the end of the day, it should be based on what is that, in, in the case of classroom, what is the academic goal? In the case of what we're talking about now, what is the ultimate goal? You know what I'm saying? It's me. Why, why am I deciding to maybe use chat, chat GPT in this particular case? Why am I deciding not to use chat GPT in this particular case? And at the end of the day, is there some intentionality behind the decisions that we're making? Or are we just doing something because everybody else is doing it? Or because it sounds kind of cool? Or, you know, I even dare say because I think it's going to make my life easier as an educator. we got to be careful because if it's about making your life easier you it might be a problem now if it's about you know again I, I said it to say at the end of the day it should always be about making best decisions for the students that we serve and so if we're intentional about how we're preparing our instruction for those for those students then I think we're good to go again whether you know and we, we and from that place then we can determine you know when when to continue to you know to the to, to hold to the old landmark and and when that you know to continue to maybe you know kind of see things and you know maybe use some new methods like say we said not changing the word just the method so <laughs> he's an old landmark oh the old landmark come on <laughs> hey listen oh my god y'all so i'm gonna say one thing and then uh i, I almost say i think i hear the call because the, the time has flown and I got like three, three formal questions, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't want to kick us out this coffee shop. 
so I want to say I want to say one thing, and then I'm gonna ask uh, uh, go back to the topic question. Uh, is that's my concern? You said something about uh, something about research and information and things of that nature, uh, Shawanda, and that's my concern is seeing actual posts, not memes. They turn into memes, but they're real posts where a person says something like, uh, you know, don't give me 200 pennies, give me X, Y, Z. And it's like, that's the same. Like somebody say like, I'd rather have a $20 bill than $21, $21 bill. Huh? But, but that's 20. And somebody ain't been teaching the foundations or my, my my biggest pet peeve is is I'm concerned about in this age of of, of of misinformation, learning things, especially about government, government and societal issues. And, you know, because the government does this, you know, do you know the difference between your federal government and your local government? Do you actually know that your local government controls this part and your federal government? Nuh-uh. It's Biden. No, it's Trump. It's they fall or they they did it. No, not really. But it's stuff that I learned <laughs> in high school. Uh, date myself a bunch of years ago, <laughs> and that's my concern is moving beyond that uh, to to just certify uh, trying to get them to a test test part and. Uh, is is not skipping those parts, not skipping the money part <laughs> to understand about taxes and uh federal, state, and and income and 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 all of that. I I taught a little bit of uh economics and that's when we had those conversations about, you know, you know, no, Trump does it. Oh, she 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 left the coffee shop for me. She'll be back. <laughs> Trump doesn't control uh, what's going on in another country as it relates to how, how did you learn that? What, what did you learn? And so that is, that is my concern uh, with, as it relates to uh, education and just lowering the bar. So I'm going to jump back to this uh, because I say I hear my coffee, coffee maker. And let me let me go back to this. And I'm I'm gonna start with you. Uh I'm gonna start with Shawan since Josh had it last. I'm gonna go boom. And then Josh, you had a final word on this. So uh is resilient, bounce back ability. So how do we how do we allow our our children and our young adults, starting with Ms. Shawanda, to safely fall? <laughs> How do we let them fall so they can learn to bounce back with everything? Now, keep in mind, everything that's going on in the home, around them, everything that they've seen on TV, uh, everything that's gone from from COVID to now. But how do we because uh, um, because that's you, you I feel you you miss something when you do everything for them. But how do we? To how do we do that with compassion? Because they're, 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 there's a lot of things that they're going through, especially in the home area, especially around some of them work uh, and they're tired and they don't even get to homework. They 
they don't step, but how do we let them fail safely <laughs> where we can, where they can learn from it and it be the best for them without just killing their confidence? Starting with you, and I'm gonna come same question to you, Josh. I'm gonna start with uh, Shawana. Be honest. We are not perfect. We have made mistakes. Tell them how you messed up and how you approached it and whether or not it worked well or if it didn't work well. I tell students all the time, well, you always made A's. There are classes I wasn't good at. I had to go in the library. I had to spend some time. I had to go get to know professors who did not necessarily like me and sit in their face and say, will you help me? I don't think women should be doing XYZ. That's nice. Can you help me work through this problem, please? Let me go find some folks in my class to help me. I had to be honest. And I tell my students I'm honest. And I tell my students, let me be honest with you. If you think I'm perfect, okay, you're in the wrong class. If you see me make a mistake on the board, catch me, because I probably did. Okay, I probably, hey, I think that should be a 12. It really should. I don't know how I got 13 right here. Be honest. Don't make them think that you're superhuman and that you got to this place by doing everything right. And when you do that, they understand that, oh, okay, sometimes you mess up, you just got to do it again. For me, I teach math. It's really easy to give partial credit. So I can say, oh, you got this far. You got this far. Okay, good. You got this far. Now let's figure out how we can get the rest of it done. And so that works. But I think we need to be honest with folks and let them know that, hey, I was not a great athlete. I was not always this person. I got, what did Jordan say? I got cut as a sophomore and I took that personal and I got a better and I worked at it. Can we just be honest with them and that's how you establish some of those relationships again it's not going to work every time sometimes it just doesn't work you have to try something different but for me i try honesty and then i get them to try to be honest with me what is keeping you from doing this this time sometimes you can get past it sometimes you can't but i think a little bit of honesty never hurt any teacher in the long run but that's just my thought process and if they know that you failed and you got a you failed and you got help and you do this and you got help, then maybe, you know, I tell people, I Japanese was not my first language, but I took Japanese in college. Yeah, that was some weird stuff on a page. I needed help. Let me go get some help. And I studied it every day. So if math is your foreign language, study it every day. If English is your foreign language, study it every day. If understanding how to balance my checkbook is my foreign language, let me study that every day. If understanding what the person on the news is saying confuses me, let me study and figure out if I can understand what they're saying. Let me break it down a little every day. We got to teach people that it's a process, that life and school are a process. And sometimes you get it right. Nobody makes 100 all the time. And if they do, those are those special kids and you can't pick them. Right. Those are special people. But sometimes we just make this. We mess up. This is how we fix it. But that's just me. That's my thought process. We fall down, but we get a a student, a teacher, just a student who fell down. <laughs> and sorry, uh, audience, I've never ever seen her make nothing less than an A. I don't. I think she's lying just to, to to make people feel good. She is a genius, but that, we met in college. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, what what do you say to that? When I think about this, I think about my own kids. Um, and first thing I think about is um, 
first of all, what Shawana said about um, seeing seeing them, uh, allowing them to see you make mistakes. Um, and But also kind of going back to what I said before, is the right answer to go, you understand, is just getting it correct to go of, or is it really about that process? So I think the more that we, we that we establish this culture where it's about the process, it's not just about that final, final, final product. Even I guess I put it like this: if the process is done correctly, then the final product will be a success. Does that make sense? But if we make it more about that 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 process and you know, how do we get there? How do we get there? And I think that's gonna help. Uh, a couple things, other things I wrote down is, you know, just continue to have compassion, continue to have that relationship with your students, you know, uh, with those that, that, that you, that you, you know, uh, let them know again that you truly do, that you truly do care about what's going on. Um, and another thing I thought about is, you know, we have to continue to support them. And a lot of times we see support as, you know, I got your back and yes, I'm here for you and everything like that. And and all that's well and good. There's another piece to support that people don't like to talk about. And the example that I give is um, when you get braces in your mouth. Um, the braces help to support, uh, but braces are uncomfortable. So sometimes the support has to be a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes the support is when you got to kind of, we say, give them come to Jesus talks. And you got to, you know, quote, keep it real with a little bit. Say, look, I know you know better. I know you could do better. So I, you know, I need you to straighten up. You understand? I need you to tighten up because this is not, this is not what I know you're capable of. This is not, you know, uh, the type of work or the type of effort that I know that you're capable of doing. Um, and even in, in that, even that language right there is not about trying to compare them with someone else. It's about comparing them with the best version of themselves. And so, you know, a lot about resilience is, you know, really, um, I go, I go back and think about my own life and, you know, I was able to do a lot of things, but then I often wonder was, did I give it the best at that particular point in time that I take full advantage of the opportunities that I had at that point in time. And that's something uh, that could have, should have, would have, something that you can never take back. And so I think, you know, if we can really, you know, we talk about uh, uh, let them see us make mistakes. I often go back to the mistakes that I did make as well too, and, and share that with, you know, with, with those who, you know, who I have a chance to hopefully encourage and say, look, you know, you, you have opportunity to do better than what I did. Not that you're being better than me, but you have the opportunity to make a better version of yourself than I was at that point in time. You understand? So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That that's that's like a mic drop. <laughs> that is a mic drop. I, look, I'm over here taking those like I'm in church because, you know, Josh up there preaching. I, I believe he is. I don't know. I mean, I, you didn't tell me you was, but I, you know. Bless, just bless my cash app, baby. <laughs> bless his cash app, people. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought about it, I'm gonna, and 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it uh, right here, is to be honest. Uh, I do think that uh, not only teachers, but I think it would really help if parents, y'all listen, would be honest with kids about there i was i was honest and i'll tell my story in a minute i was honest with my kids you know although they are they are brilliant uh i was honest and let them know uh it was a cautionary tale but it was also one that hey you can you can bounce back in education and um it, it goes hand in hand with what josh said that support sometimes is uncomfortable you know, uh, my support system was at the time, you know, so get into my story, you know, 
I man, I just didn't go to class. I did. <laughs> when we got into college, I did not go to class. And so it was it and two, I mean, I did this for two years and I was on probation. And then they finally said, hey, no. And I'm gonna tell you, you know, rest in peace. I forgot this guy's name, but he's not here with us any any longer. But uh he told me, I said in he was the dean of students at the time, black guy. And you know. Uh, on the other end of that, I called him every every name but a child of God. But when I think about it, he was right. He said, I don't think you're ready for this type of, uh, why don't you just take this time now to think what you really want to do? And when I think about the conversation, man, he said, "You, because you're wasting your parents' money, you're wasting time. And, you know, because it was up to them, they could have let me back in. Uh, admitted me condition, and he said it was there was a braces moment. He said you're not ready, and you know I thought it would because you won't help another black man out. In my head, I'm mad. I'm I'm fuming. You know I'm saying yes, sir, but I you know I was mad with him for for a couple of years. But when I thought about it, it was the best thing for me. I went back to community college, smaller classes, uh, a teacher that took care of me, a teacher that would call me. If I didn't, if I wasn't going to come, if she, if I wasn't in class, hey, I'm trying to see where you are, you know, and with that sign me up for clubs and you're going, you're going to down, you're going to uh, 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 down to the coast in Mississippi, Biloxi to this conference with me because you're going to do a presentation, you know, and it, it was the best thing for me. I went on to get uh, a couple of masters, uh, but. It, you know, it took that failure. It took that failure. And I did not like it. And it took me a couple of years to get over. But, you know, I think that guy, that the guy day that I can't remember who I probably blocked his name because I didn't like him. <laughs> I better be honest. But uh, he told me the right thing at that time. You know, I, I don't know if he was doing it from what place he was doing it from, but it was the right thing. I was not ready. And, uh, I needed that time and I needed a different path to bounce back. And uh, that's 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 what I want for this next generation. I, I pray that some teachers were listening, some some just some other people's parents, students. Uh, as you go into that school year, you know, develop that bounce back ability. You're not going to get it right all the time. You know, you're not going to. <laughs> you you may lose by 15 that first game. There, there are many more games uh, in this thing called life, in this education. There are many more tests. So, um, you know, let me stop <laughs> because this is about these people right here. They said so many things. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> I don't want to mess Y'all, uh, Shawanda, Josh, thank you all for coming to the coffee shop. Uh, this has been another summer season of uh, a cup of joe uh we're gonna do after hours and we might bring a couple of these uh guys and gals in uh to do uh after hours uh and talk a little bit more about uh different topics so look out for that um thanks again to my audience and uh again i'm i'm joe this has been cup of joe and i will see you all later